Joe Thomas in the morning and uh, Congressman Bob Good, Virginia's 5th District Representative. But could you check and make sure, uh, because I don't think this is Bob, at least not the voice I heard when I said, hang on uh, the line there. Hi, this is Joe Thomas. Who's this? Oh, yeah. Hey, Joe. Uh, David. David? Yeah. I, I, I know several Davids. Well, uh, I'm uh, the David that calls about once a year. About once a year. Oh, you're talking about the one from California. Sure, yeah. Greetings. Greetings. It's a little dark out here. Well, yeah, it's a little early out there. Uh, what's on your mind real quick? I've got uh, another call coming in here. Well, are you a fan of Thomas Jefferson? Yeah, absolutely. Not everything, well, but I mean, it's you know, because yeah, I, I hear it in your voice. You're going to throw something at me, something that I may not agree with. But, um, you know, in general, I like John Adams, too, but not everything. Well, uh, you know how Thomas Jefferson's been uh, slowly but surely written out of school textbooks? No, it's, it's something we're fighting against, sure. Sure. Yeah, they're claiming that he was a plagiarist. Now, if somebody had studied all of the attempts to gain freedom, you know, from the days of the Pharaoh to the ancient uh, mm -hmm. evil Caesars, uh, people, you know, Thomas Jefferson goes out of his way to study what techniques people used to gain freedom from tyrants and kings. Right. And then he uh, compiles it into a uh, Declaration of Independence, and then some dirty rats decide to call that plagiarism. I didn't do so, that, uh, but I see, I see what you're getting at there. Um, you know, sure. I don't, I, but I don't. I, I wouldn't call it plagiarism. That's just you know, being. Uh, if you if you if I say uh, I uh, you know I I may not agree with what you say, but I defend to you the death your right to say it. Am I plagiarizing Voltaire? No, I'm just you know I'm I'm honoring him. I've got to get line two, David. Uh, well said. Well, though. where I'm going with this? Real you remember quick. that uh, evil uh, tyrant uh, Harlan Crow, the guy that's buying uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. He's on the board of directors of Monticello. I, I, How come I he hasn't been cooked off, kicked off? Because I don't think he's he's an evil any so and so. He's just a guy who let a guy use his summer house. Uh, but anyway, thank you, David. I appreciate it, sir. Uh, I don't know. Don't uh, be I, soft uh, on crime. No, I don't think I'm being soft on crime because you have to have a crime there uh, to be soft on it. Uh, but I, I think we've got uh, Congressman Good now on. Okay, on line two. You know, there's an expression that I heard some time ago, and I believe it was actually a 5th District congressman who told me this. He said, if you're taking flack, then you must be over the target. Uh, and, uh, boy, howdy, uh, is our next guest doing that. He is Congressman Bob Good. Uh, Bob, good to hear from you again, my friend. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly, uh, I've seen the newsrooms marshal uh, at either the behest of or certainly gathered as many uh, of your friends in the uh, uh, Democratic Caucus of Virginia to rail against your position in the House Freedom Caucus. How are you doing uh, with the slings and arrows? Doing, doing great. I think the people in the 5th District are behind me. I'm certainly doing my best to represent them. And, you know, it's something I often say in D.C. and when I'm back in the district is, you know, we will never bring true transformational change to Washington until it becomes more important to us Republican members to leave having made a difference than trying to see how long we can stay. And the problem up here, uh, and I'm in D.C. this morning, getting ready to head back to the district this afternoon, but the problem here in D.C. is, as you know, most members, on, even on the Republican side, are here 
to see how long they can stay here. And it's self-preservation, it's self-ambition, and uh, they're not willing to take the risk or show the courage to do the tough things, the hard things, the things they promised people they would do when they're running. So uh doesn't always make you the most popular guy in the room, uh, but uh, I'm committed to doing what I said I would do when I asked for folks' vote the first time back in 20. Well, and, and the statement you made, which is, the, you know, if, if there was to be a government shutdown, and I guess we're putting carts, many, many carts before horses, um, you know, how did this discussion about um, some spending bills that rolled back spending and try to put some value back into the dollars in our pocket become all of a sudden a discussion about government shutdowns, which I guess could uh, end of September maybe uh, uh, happen? But, you know, how did this, this go, go from you know, rolling back some government spending to government shutdown in one fell swoop, it seems. Well, it was media-generated, national media, in terms of that specific soundbite that you're referring to, although I have said it many times before over the last three years. On this program. Yes, but so we were doing a, a press conference on Tuesday morning when we first arrived to Washington, uh, we came in early on what's called a fly-in day. We usually don't come into the evening. We came in early to do a press conference, a number of us members of the House Freedom Caucus, and we joined with the conservative organization Freedom Works, which is a wonderful partner, a great oh, resource yeah. to Absolutely. us on policy and that sort of thing. So we did a press conference, and at the end of the press conference, Andy Biggs and I were kind of at the mic, kind of leading the press conference on the Freedom Caucus side as two of the officers and a, a member asked, or a member of the press said, hey, well, what about a government shutdown that could happen on, you know, October 1 if you don't get these spending bills passed? And so, as you know, the, the, the fiscal year runs from October 1 to September 30. So, theoretically, we've got to pass these spending bills in order for the government to keep on operating. And I just made the point I've made many times before. We shouldn't fear a government shutdown. Eighty-five percent of the operations continue what's called essential, and why do we do the non-essential things anyway? Historically, we always, after we furlough those 15 percent, uh, we pay them back pay anyway for their paid vacation time. Most Americans don't miss the so-called shutdown, but we shouldn't fear it from a media standpoint, from a narrative standpoint. Uh, and But we ought to use it if we have to as leverage to force the president and the Senate to join with House Republicans in cutting our spending. 